Guys, hey, good job. What? You got third which says 31 minutes there. You, if y'all look back there, he's pointing an angel. Oh, it left. I'm sorry, you missed it. <laughs> no, it wasn't up there. It wasn't up there. Hey, okay, so I'm looking at the, I'm, you, you, well, how many were here yesterday? They didn't give me any time, right? They gave me no time. I didn't get to finish it all. And so like all speakers, you got to do this. Uh, uh, we want to thank President Scott here for the best. He's the best president, uh, 60-year-old president I know. Uh, what a great worship team we had. Let me get through all this that, Pat, that preachers do. I met some of the greatest teachers uh, that care for you, cry for you, and complain about you. I, I wouldn't want to go anywhere, be anyplace else other than maybe Florida, Texas, France, or Italy. Uh, okay. So I covered all. So I did my introduction as a preacher you're supposed to do. Hey, um, Y'all want to hear about a miracle? A bonafide miracle. President Scott, thank you so much and, 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 uh, for everything. Uh, the man is a very smart man. I don't know if you know that. Very smart man. Has great insight and uh, has been rooted in this thing. You're very blessed to have someone that has a pastoral uh, anointing on their lives and stuff like that. And your teachers are just wonderful. Uh, it, it really is just, it's just really a, a, a great place to be. Uh, let me just tell you this. The devil's going to do everything he can through the years to get you out of here. You understand that? And so there's going to be, and I guess it's just going to, God's going to find out what kind of backbone you have. And are you willing to go ahead and fight something? Because if you can't make it here, then you're not going to make it out there. This is just a test for you here. Oh, I don't like Bible school. You don't want to go out there unless you have some Bible in you. Uh, and if you think you can take on the devil by yourself, he's brought down kings and monarchs for the last 6,000 years. So I don't know how you're going to match up against him. So you're going to need what you learn here, guys, really, really. You're going to take this out no matter if you're in business, no matter what you do. Anything that's going to be successful came out of the word of God. And everybody said amen to that? Amen. Okay. I, I don't want to take any more time and talk to you about I, I want to get into the story because I won't be able to give you all the story, but I'm going to give you as much as I can. Uh, and then also any of you here that, uh, you're walking through something, you haven't told anybody, any kind of illness, any kind of sickness, we're going to pray for that. We'll do that. Also, because I know we have a younger crowd here that it could be your moms and dads and things like that, that might be going through some kind of health issues. We're going to pray for that. He said, well, does that work? We'll talk to the centurion in the Bible and see if it does. It'll work. So we can speak a word here and it goes there. So we're going we're to believe. Now, what I've got to get you to understand is that this book is just a book of miracles and that everything in it is a book of miracles. Everything happened is a book of miracles. Do you understand? God, there's so many things I, can, I, I need to say, but I don't have any time. Uh, uh, but but every, every, you see, we don't see any miracles. Um, Jesus' biggest crowds were when he had miracles. So, so what I'm saying is we can preach and preach and preach and preach and preach, but if we don't see anything that we preached about ever happen in reality, what's the point? Okay, I'm kind of like a Pharisee preacher, I call it, that I, the Pharisees said things, but they didn't do them themselves. So, so if the Bible says taste and see, then you're going to have to taste something to be able to see something. And so I know this, that God years ago told me that I'm going to, I'm going to have to eat everything I preach. If you're going to preach about Seeing people saved, you're going to have to lead people to the Lord yourself. You're going to talk about healing, then you're going to have to see some people healed. Don't just tell people things what the Bible says. You are going to be the example to go and lead the people into the miraculous and show them that this book is real. Amen? And it's not only real in the church, it's more real outside the church. Amen? 
Because Jesus didn't die between two candles in a cathedral. He died on the backside of town between two thieves. Because he wanted to be out in the world to love the world. And he wanted to get out where people were hurting. You are learning here for those that are hurting more than you right here. You say, I might be bad right now. I'm going through a situation right now. I'm walking through a mess right now. But you don't know what people are just right on the corner over here that that, the president told me about. You got a whole drug crowd over there and and a whole camp right over there. People are lost. This can be. They need you. You're important. You're valuable. Don't ever let the devil devalue you and say, well, they're more important than you. No. He loves you as much as he loves anybody else, no matter what your background is, no matter what you believe, no matter what your color is, no matter what country you came from. He loves you just the same as everybody else. He died for you as much as he died for me. He's given you the same power. He's got- Okay, I'm doing pretty good right now. Okay. <laughs> let me take a breath. Let me take a breath. I had another one. Oh, I won't sing. Okay, let's, let's pray. Lord, help in Jesus' name, amen. That covered it. Okay, what I want to do, uh, let me give you, I had about 30 things that I could tell you. Uh, let me give you about five, five little points here, five little points here. Can I give you five things, five, five life-changing points? Here's number one about, here's number one. God's the only one who can take something bad, make it worse, and call it a promotion. <laughs> you got to know the Bible to know that. Take everybody in the Bible. Take Abraham, take David, take Jesus, take Peter, take, take them all. all. It went something bad, then it got worse, and there's a promotion. Then God promoted. And, and kind of in what's happening to me right now, he's promoting me into another area to bring into the body of Christ to bring back miracles and see miracles take place. But it took somebody to be raised from the dead to be able to do this. It wasn't somebody just to preach about it but somebody to do this here. Okay, let me, let me give you another real quick here, and then I'm going to get into the story here. Go to the next one here. Uh, go ahead, next one. Yes, sir, next one, yeah. Success is, uh, in life is not measured by what you've done, but what you've left undone. And I've realized my, my dear friend here and my good friend, Pastor Rob Kettling, one of the greatest pastors there is in the country, sitting right here. And when Rob and I met, we met in Bible college. I was his Bible teacher. And Rob was uh, uh, one, of, one of our leaders in the church and did a great job with so many other leaders and, and that, are, that we both know that are around the country that were, we're all together that have done great things. And Rob, I love you. I'm so proud of you. When I come here, I just I could, I could cry to see how God took you from those days here uh, where we didn't know what was going to happen and, uh, and developed you into just a world shaker and history maker. So I love you, buddy. And, 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 then, and, and it's for all of us. You know, Pastor Rob, it, 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 he's not through with us. He, he brought, as long as you're breathing, do you understand you have, you have a work to do? I, my job is not, I can live on the, my past. I can say, I, well, my past, I did more than these guys. I did more than these guys. I, I don't look at my past dictating my future. So I got to look at if I'm here right now, what does he want me to do? Because I don't want to go to heaven one day and realize that he said, Glenn, you did a good job. This is where you went. And I'm so proud of you. You could have gone this far, but you stopped and settled right here. Don't stop and settle. Don't ever do that. Keep climbing. Keep going. God always has some more. Okay. Everybody said good. Amen. Good. Okay. Give me another one. Give me another one. Okay. Listen, listen. There's always a second opinion. You got to have a second opinion. You need a second opinion. See, 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 I, see doctors have given me uh, one opinion, 
but I have another opinion in the book here from another doctor. I got another doctor that tells me that I can, I can, the righteous are never forsaken. I got another opinion that says he can do this, he can raise it. I got another opinion through this whole book. You got to realize you're going to hear the opinions of the world, but you got to realize there's always a second opinion. That's why you need to know God's word, what he says, and the second opinion usually out trumps everything else that you'll ever hear. Amen. Is this a Bible college? Amen. Yeah. All right, good. All right. Let me give you another one here. I'll give you, I'll give you let's see, two more. We'll do two more. When I read this, this my, my story lines up uh, with a lot in Lazarus, if I had time to explain the kind of the, the parallel with that. But this is something that Jesus said. I just pulled it out of the, the Lazarus story. And what happened is, is Jesus didn't show up when Lazarus died. And, and, and of course, Mary Martha, if you would have been here, you know, you'd have made it. He would have made it if you just would have been here. And you, you kind of wonder, why was Jesus, he's only, he's only seven miles away. So he, you know, he, he could walk there in, in two hours. Uh, he could get there less than two hours. So why did he not come? Well, I was his buddy, Lazarus, and I think kind of a, a miracle is a lot more marvelous than the healing. So he wanted to give his buddy kind of a, let me give you a good testimony. But, it, it, but when, when, when they were complaining to him, Jesus didn't even answer them and say, well, the reason I didn't come was because of this. He just says, where have you put him? Meaning, where have you lost hope? Where has your dream died? Show me where you quit. Show me where you've given up. Show me where you just gave up on your family. Show me where you quit believing. Show me the spot. Bring me there. And you and I are going to talk about this, and we're going to resurrect this thing and bring it back again. What you think is dead is not dead. You just left it alone. It's not dead at all. Bring me back to that spot where things just fell apart in your family, fell apart in your life. Show me where that's at so I can do something about it, and I'll help you. All right, let me get you one more. One more, and then we'll tell the story. One more. Go ahead. Uh, you can be resurrected and still be in your grave clothes. Oh, Jesus, help us in the Bible college. Uh, you, can sit here, you, can sit, you can sit here all you want to, and you know what I'm saying? Nothing to change. And, uh, yeah, you, you know, uh, you, I, the church is full of people still in their grave clothes. They're walking just like Lazarus. You're alive but you're still wrapped up. That's why we need others. That's why you need others. That's why you need other people. I was in my grave clothes and I needed somebody else to unwrap me. I couldn't pray for myself. I couldn't do that myself. And there are times in your life where don't separate yourself from the body of Christ. That's exactly what the devil wants to do is separate you and pull you out. Fight against that. Don't sit at home and just watch. If you can get to the to community, don't get in a community and always stay in community. Because one day, it only might be one day you're going to need a group of people to surround you and to stand with you when you can't do it yourself. Okay, good. Okay, now let me tell you a story. Um, it was uh, November 11th, 24. I'm preaching on Sunday. Um, nothing's wrong. I'm in shape, play racquetball, um, and I preach. I preach. We, we were in a series on, on uh, finances, on money, something like that. We were talking about finances, Rob. And so I played the song, Money, Money, Money. Anybody heard that song, Money, 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 Money? Worldly people here listening to unchristian music, brother. Okay, we'll talk about that later. But they played the song, Money, Money, Money. Okay, when they played the song, um, I came out and kind of, kind of did, a, I kind of started doing a little dance. I started dancing. I'm, now, the reason I'm showing you this is how I was the day before I died. And so, uh, now, now uh, I'm from New Orleans area where jazz music, everything down there, and we're kind of a mixture of everything down there, Creole and stuff. So, you know, we grow up dancing. 
uh, and so it's unusual for a white person to have rhythm. I understand that. So thank all the rest of you, Hispanic, black, whatever. Y'all know how to clap right. Y'all know how to move right. So thank you for helping the white people out. So, but, but I grew up in it. And so you're going to see that I, I did a little dance, but I didn't want to show off and people screaming, throwing stuff on the stage. So I just kind of held, I just held back in a sense. You know, I didn't let go and, you know, like, do, you know, he, like they'd want to put in a movie. I didn't do that. And so, uh, but I wanted you to see, this is the day before I'm in the church and, uh, and then just a couple preaching clips. And this is, uh, the day before I died. That's what it looked like. I look like the, the, the university is what I look like. <laughs> I look like a school building with, there it is. Okay. 1124. And here goes. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Don't do much. Why? Don't do too much. Watch a little robot here. Here we go. Oh. Okay. See, just a little. Just a little taste of what could be. You can see the difference with the cardiac. I got white hair now, real white. It's it kind of because I saw a ghost. I'll tell you about that. I didn't see a ghost, but what, yeah, hold on with that. And so, so the next day, what happens is it's Monday, okay? On Monday, sometimes I'm tired from preaching. You know, I did two or three services, so I'm tired. Sometimes I would stay home. My wife has a prayer meeting. She'd have, a, uh, before COVID, have about 1,000 in our prayer meeting on Monday night. And, and she, she wanted me to go up. I said, come on, baby, I'm tired. Let me just stay home. If I would have stayed home, she would have come home two and a half hours later. I'd have been sitting in a chair dead. No, I wouldn't have been revived. I'd have been dead. You wouldn't see me at all. And so uh, what happened, the only reason I got up is because they were doing like a pre-birthday party for her. Her prayer team was doing. And she goes, oh, you've got to come. And that was the only reason that I went is she, she kind of, okay, you've got to come to my birthday party. You've got to come do this. I said, okay. So I get in the car, takes me 30 minutes to drive. Easily something could have happened on the interstate. We both die uh, driving because I would have had a cardiac arrest. And we go down to the church about 30 minutes. We get there. We have a pastor's lounge. We, we're on one side of the church. We have a big, big facility. So you have to go around the other side of the church to the fellowship hall. So that's where her party was going to be. So we were there early in the pastor's lounge of the church, but we have to go over to the other side to the party. So she's sitting there. She's kind of getting her prayer meeting ready. And then it's prayer meeting night. So people are going to be coming in. So I go walk out to the car. And I go sit in the car. She's one minute after me. She follows me. When she got in the car, my head is back like this. Now, a heart attack is different than a cardiac arrest. Heart attack, you feel pain. I've already had that. I've already been through that. Know what that feels like. And you feel pain. You feel pain in your arm. Cardiac arrest is over. It's a light switch. It's an electrical thing. It's over. It's just a switch. You don't feel anything. You don't know anything. You don't even know what happened. And uh, all of a sudden, I sat in the car. Now, I'm just telling you because I wasn't there. But... She said, your head is back like this, and you're sitting in the, in the car like this. And, uh, 
And I came in and said, come on, Glenn, we got we to go over to the, to the party. We got to go to the party. We got to go over there. And I, of course, I didn't say anything. And then she said, you, I, you, you, had a, you exhaled. You went, <sighs> and then your brain will just do that automatically, you know, uh, at the end. And, and she goes, come on, what's wrong? She starts shaking me. So she gets around the car, walks around, and says, Glenn, wake up. What's, what's going on? There's a lady named Penny. You'll see Penny. I'm going to show you her. Uh, Penny is from Canada. She's a nurse practitioner. She, got, she, she put her, she's so good, she put her application into all the way to Dubai uh, to, to get a job. Out of all places, God sends her to beautiful Modesto land uh, of vacations. Uh, well, it's, not, it's not, not the place you think of. Uh, and, and so I'm in Modesto. So what happens, she comes to Modesto. She ends up coming to our church. She ends up going to the prayer meeting, but she never go to prayer meeting. She's working all the time. What we didn't know that she's a 25-year cardiac arrest nurse. Okay, didn't know anything about her. She never comes early, but she came early only because of my wife's little birthday party that they were doing and she wanted to come. Penny then supposed to park on the other side of the church where the party was, but she ends up parking two places down from where my car is. She gets out of the car and starts walking in and she hears Debbie say, Glenn, wake up, Glenn, wake up. And she said, the Lord says, go over and help pastor, you can help him. She came over to me. She said, I put my fingers, you'll see her on, on the video. I put my fingers, she put her fingers on my neck. I have no pulse, open my eyes, I'm dilated. He goes, he's dead. I've seen it too many times, he's died. He's got a cardiac arrest. She pulls me out of the car. Well, 700 Club just did a reenactment of this, so I have to go die again. Thank you, 700 Club, great memory. And so, and, 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 and we did a reenactment of this. And basically, uh, she went ahead, that, which you won't hear, she went ahead and she starts CPR. Of course, when you do that, uh, and you've got to massage the heart, you break your bones. They've got to break all your chest bones. So she goes, I'm sorry, I broke all your bones to do that, to massage the heart. And she's going for 10 minutes, which is a long. Anybody do CPR? Anybody does that for a living? Or, or, huh? Well, 10 minutes is a long time to even go to, to do it by yourself. Here's a lady doing 10 minutes. At 10 minutes, listen what happens here. She's going 10 minutes, and, and she says, then the Lord said, take your hands off of him. So she said, I took my hands off of you. And she says, you opened your eyes. You, you threw your hands in the air and you said, oh God, and went back and died again. I said, well, Penny, what do you think? Why is that funny? But why, what do you, <laughs> he died. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, we're having fun, guys. And, and yeah, I'm not traumatized by it, so I'm, you know. And so, so I said, well, Penny, what did you think happened? She says this. She said, I felt the Lord, the Lord told me your spirit went back and your body don't stop. Because of that happening there, when the paramedics finally came, she went 15 minutes, some of you see that do this, 15 minutes by herself pushing. Paramedics come, and as they come, they put this big balloon on your chest, and they're bouncing you off the ground. They're bouncing you off. And uh, uh, I died, uh, let's see, seven times total at that time there. I died seven times. They're getting the pulse, dead, 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 dead. And the, the, even, even the captain of the paramedics saying, come on, we got to let this, leave him alone. We got to leave it alone and all this stuff. But because of that one thing of me throwing my hands up or whatever, Penny would not, and she was more qualified than almost anybody there because of her background, she would not let them stop. Then what happens is, is we have hundreds of prayer people now that are coming to the prayer meeting because I'm laying on the concrete in my pastor's place where, you know, where I'm parked right that. And of course, when the paramedics come up, they tear your clothes off. So, I mean, here they are. I got hundreds of my people here looking at me in my underwear, which was, which now I look back at that and said, thank God I wore 
normal ones, you know, I could have, <laughs> could have had some of the other ones there that are kind of like, woo, do what's that? But so here it is, there are pastors laying there and they're just in his underwear, they cut your clothes off and stuff like that. And then they put that thing on. Uh, well, so I die seven times there. So they finally get a pulse, take me to Memorial Hospital, which is just right across the street. Just right across the street here would be the hospital at, you know, where I live. And I went into the emergency room, died eighth time in the emergency room. Uh, after, well, and, and of course in the Bible here, numbers mean something. We study numbers and stuff like that. Eight in the Bible means resurrection out of all things. It means new birth, new beginning is what it means in the Bible. Everything I tell you, I'm not even going to be able to tell you all the little things that took place for me to even be talking to you today. So, so what happened, I died eight times. They did nothing. They left me alone. They have a kiosk that they put down of who they can save, who's savable in the emergency room. I'm last because I'm not savable. I'm already gone. They did a Glasgow coma scale. Anybody know what a Glasgow coma scale is here? We have in the medical field, Glasgow coma scale. Anybody? Okay. Glasgow coma scale is how they check your brain activity. That's when they can tell you if you're brain dead or not. A three, you can look it up, I'm brain dead. So not only have I died eight times, but I'm also brain dead because I haven't had the proper oxygen for over 45 minutes, okay? And so nobody wants to work on me in the emergency room, is what I found out. And so uh, we had a guy named Juan. A guy named Juan, listen to this story here. Juan is a travel nurse. Juan is traveling two hours up to Modesto's hospital, that where I'm at, and he's two hours back. He's wondering, why do I have to do this? You ever wonder sometimes why God has you doing something? Well, here was the reason for him. He comes up, and he, he's in the emergency room. He looks and walks down, and he says, sees my name. Now, I talked to him after this, found us out, and he sees my name, and then, he's, then, then he said, what I would do, he said, Pastor Gunn, I would go in your room when the nurses were not there, and I would sing worship songs to you. When I do that, your pulse your, your, your blood pressure would move. And he said, then I would put scriptures on all the machines. You, when they finally, after several hours, hooked you up to something. And that's another story because a Sikh is involved in that from India in our, in our city that called the administrator of the hospital that knows me, who has me pray for his hotels and all of this stuff. And he wanted to check on me, didn't know that he was a head board member of the hospital I'm in, told the administrator, I want to find out how my friend's doing. And then they start hooking me up to everything, like they're trying. But I was not, nothing was working. My kidneys are not working, bladder's not working, lungs are not working, heart's not working, nothing's working. And so, so what happens, this guy, Juan, would come in. And I said, Juan, I said, you'd come into my room and sing? He said, yeah. I said, well, how, do you know me? He goes, yeah. He said, 10 years ago, you came to Fresno, California, and you preached at a church. And during an altar call, you pointed to me and says, you, you need to get right with God. That was me. And I came down to the altar. And then as you were walking around, you said, you're going to be a worship leader. He said, I'm a worship leader now in the church. And you led me to the Lord 10 years ago. And he's in another city. They finally, uh, my wife, after two hours, um, well, you, you, you'll hear on here, but, but I just found out the other day from my doctor, finally after seven hours, they got to see me. And uh, doctor, my doctor said you were dead and your body had already turned blue. Your, your, you, you had, your, your body was already turning in a sense. And there was just no hope at all for you. So I'll show you this here. This is, the, um, this is just the next day. Now, look at me. When we tell you you're not guaranteed tomorrow, we're not playing. When you hear somebody tell you, you don't have tomorrow, all you have is today. All you have is today. What is the devil's favorite word? Tomorrow. What's God's favorite word? Today is the day of salvation. So see, tomorrow, put it off. You can do it later. 
You know, you may not. Pick up the paper today and see how many people yesterday thought they were going to be dead, but their name's in the paper. They died from something, you know, and they're dead today. You're not guaranteed. What I'm telling you, and I'm, I'm just telling you as, as, your, as a friend uh, and a warning, basically, you messing around right now, you don't know what's going to happen to you. And eternity is the next step. You need to make up your mind and choose what you're going to do. You're going to choose God or choose not. But don't sit in the middle where you're running a cold and hot and you're lukewarm. You can't do both of them at the same time. So this the next day. What's happened now, you're going to see me uh, in the hospital. They've hooked up more machines. They said four deep and blood pressure machines and everything. They said they never saw more machines. Matter of fact, in just 16 days, it was over $2 million. It was what it cost uh, for just me being there. $2 million it cost to all the stuff they did in the hospital. So could we have the ushers come with bags? Okay, we'll do that later. <laughs> okay, so this is, this is the day. What you're going to see me is uh, I'm going to be on a ventilator. Uh, and basically when they put you on a ventilator, usually what they do that far is to save your organs. And so you can have a transplant. So they keep you alive long enough. Not, well, you're not really alive. They're just keeping your body long enough so your family can say goodbye and so forth uh, and things like that. So, uh, but there was just no hope. I have no quality of life. He's going to be a vegetable anyway. There's no reason to help him. But since he's a high-profile person in our city, they said, the nurses were staying away. They said didn't want to help because if something happened to me, they might be blamed and they didn't want to be blamed for having to deal with it. But here's the next day. Here's just the next day from that Sunday you saw me preaching. Watch this. This is a 700 Club uh, clip here. That's Penny there. So I'm paralyzed in a coma on a ventilator, as you see. I'm not alive really right here. They're just keeping my body alive. That's my daughter, oldest daughter, praying for me. That's my middle daughter singing. Stop it here. Stop here. Let me explain this here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, okay, so now, now this picture is from the fourth day. Lazarus was raised on the fourth day. On the third night, my uh, wife is like, God, give me something, as anybody would. Give me something to hold on to. Give me a scripture. Give me, Lord, can you give me something? Because everything is death. Everything is, everything is nothing's good. There's no hope at all. 
And she was talking to the kids, that, you know, how am I going to live without dad? How am I going to live without dad? I mean, it, it, it was crushing because it's, it's just like in an instant, you know, all of a sudden who you're sitting by is gone. And so she prayed that, goes to bed on that third night. So the fourth morning, I'd say around 4.30, 5 o'clock, she says, she wakes up to the sound, I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the resurrection and the life. I mean, it's loud in her room. I'm the resurrection and life. She wakes up, of course, trying to catch her. What is that about? That's, that's what Jesus talked about. Lazarus, uh, yeah, John eleven twenty five. 25. That's in John. So she reads it in John eleven twenty five. 25. It says, I'm the resurrection and life. If you believe, if is a big word, if you believe, believe is the biggest problem that God has with us. We can, I can believe for you, but I can't believe for myself. I can't, I don't have time for that one. So if you believe, though you die, you will live. Can you not get a better scripture than that? You know, that if you die, you will live. Oh, so that's what God gives her. And so this is the fourth day, no sign of life. What you see here now, my head was turned to the, well, us facing it to the right. Okay. My head was just turned there. I'm paralyzed. I'm in a coma. I'm not alive. Physically, I'm not alive. But your spirit is still alive. But she prayed that. She said, my head turned, and you can see, is turned now looking at her. And my eyes opened up. And to her, it said to her, he's still there. He's still there. And we got to keep believing. Immediately when I was on the ground, I'll tell you that, that, uh, that one of her intercessors came up and says, Debbie, it's a spirit of death. It's a spirit of death. Now, you got to understand, guys, that the death and dead are two different words. Dead's the grave. Death is a spirit. Uh, you, you, you're experiencing a spirit of death here, you know, in a sense, in the city. All, all that's going on, all the crazy stuff, all the woke stuff, all the, cra- the abortion, all, all that's a spirit of death is what that is. Divorce, uh, drugs, that's a spirit of death, Okay. And that's the first thing that you attack and that you go after. So, so in this picture here, I'm still not alive. Uh, I'm just on machines doing whatever. But it was a sign to my wife here, we've got to keep believing and keep praying. They never would accept anything negative from the doctor. Thank you, doctor. Thank you for helping us. We believe i got doctors in my church. Thank you for your medical advice. But we have a second opinion and we know that God's going to raise him up again, and God's going to have him speak again. Okay, so let me show you. We'll go through the rest of this, and you'll see me. This was, so you'll see me standing up. They said he'll never stand again. He won't be able to do this. Well, here, here's some things. And I know I'll tell you later here, but you want to know if I saw Jesus. Anybody want to know if I saw Jesus? A couple of you. The rest of you don't care. You don't want to see him? Okay, well, I, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, okay, if you want to talk about it, go ahead. Uh, uh, I'll tell you about, I didn't see Jesus, but I made up a story that I did, but uh, I'll tell you that later. Okay. But here's the rest of this. Watch this. You'll see me now. They'll pull the ventilator out and they called it miracle Sunday and couldn't believe. Uh, that's one of my grandchildren and my kids praying. But when they moved it, they, the, the, the unsaved doctor said it's miracle Sunday. There it is. Now see the ventilators out. I'm alive. I'm still not kind of there, but the doctors can't believe they call it Miracle Sunday. And uh, this is the first time said, well, I, wonder, I wonder, can you stand up? See, I stand up. Look at the nurse to the right. The nurse to the right, that's my son, Micah, uh, that's there. And then Debbie wanted to make out with me because she hadn't kissed me in a long time. She wanted to kiss, and I wasn't really eager, feeling that well. Now walking, they said he'll never walk again. I'm walking around the inside of the building here just right after I came out. They were shocked by that. 
16 days later in the hospital. I'm coming out in December, and that's all my staff from uh, Modesto there. Somebody got to get excited about that. That's, that's a miracle there. Oh, that's fine. You don't, you, you, there's just clippings all over the world that came in. Okay, so let me, let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened. The moment I woke up, um, I went into, uh, are you back? You going to play some? Okay. Is that a Bass Pro Shop hat on? God, ooh. I, I felt something, didn't you? Oh, okay, never mind. No, that's a, Okay. <laughs> And so, so what happened, listen to this, guys. This is something you never heard before. I didn't see Jesus, although I made up a story because everybody kept asking me. And I made up a story. Yeah, I saw him. It was white. He had a white outfit on, and he was, he was beautiful. And he said, why am I here? And I said, well, because I died and I'm saved. And he said, no, you need to go back. I said, I don't want to go back. He said, you need to go back. And then we got in a fight. I threw him down in the dirt, and he got mad at me and made me come back. <laughs> so that's not true, so don't go tell anybody that. I just, but here's what did happen. I, I have a story that I hadn't heard anybody else. I went in a room of death because I talked about the spirit of death, how real it is, suicide, everything else like that. I was in a, I was in a room of death, and, and it was pitch black, and I, I knew I was in a room because I could see the outline of a door. And I could see the outline of the door because it had in the crease of the door, you could see the shape of it. There's a light on the other side. I'm sitting in a room, and there are people I know that's in the room. It's that feeling that you know you're not alone. And I'm in a room, and I'm kind of, I'm thinking, where am I at? I remember doing it in my hand. I couldn't see a thing. It was so black. And I see something walking, blinking in front of the door. It's blinking in front of the door. And I'm thinking, I don't understand. I, I'm trying to figure out where I'm at. Now, I'm still, right before they're doing the ventilator, they're preparing the ventilator thing. Because the timing-wise, I figured it out at the time. You know, got all that together. And so what happens is, is, is that I start hearing this rumble. If you've ever heard like a thunderstorm or, or hurricane sound, this rumbling is just, is just this force. It's starting to move toward the door. It's coming in the distance, but I can't tell what it is. It's just this loud, roaring sound. As it got closer, I'm hearing voices yelling. I'm hearing voices. Now I'm dead. I'm hearing voices because your spirit's still alive. That's why they tell you to talk to them. The spirit can hear. The physical body can't, but the spirit can. And I'm telling you, on the other side, I could hear my wife's voice saying, death, you can't have him. The pastors in my church, death, you got to let him go. Pastor friends, these two sitting over, all these sitting over here, they prayed. Their church has prayed. You can't have him. He's not going to die. Spare his life. Death, let him go. And as, as they were yelling this so loud, I see this thing blinking. I couldn't make out what it shaped like, but it was blinking back and forth. Then it got to the door, and they're right outside the door, and it's just, I, it, was, it was just so loud, it's deafening. I didn't see it for about 10 seconds. It came over to me. It grabbed me. It says, you got to get out of this room now. Took me and took me to the door, opened the door, and I turned to look at it, but it went behind the door like this where I couldn't see it, pushed me out in the light, and all of a sudden that ventilator comes out, and the, and the, and the, and the doctor says, he's breathing. He's breathing. Couldn't, couldn't believe he's breathing. Now, 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 uh, uh, let me tell you, let me tell you, here's some questions and then we'll stop. We'll, 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 I'm going to pray for you. I say to myself, I said, look, the Lord says, the Bible says, it's appointed on the man wants to die, then the judgment, right? 
Okay, so why was I not judged? He goes, was Lazarus judged? If you judge, you can, you're going to heaven or hell. You can't come back. I said, well, he said, read the scripture again. I said, well, God has said this point, and the man wants to die, then the judgment. And God says, how long is then? You ask your son to mow the front yard, mow the backyard, then you're going to have supper. What time supper? Well, I don't know how long. So it's a period of space there. It's time. I said, well, how was I able to come out of death? He said, come on, Glenn, you know the Bible. He said, let's just take one story. He said, let's go to the book of Acts, seven sons of Siva. The devil says, basically, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know. You know what he says? But who are you? He said, Glenn, most of the churches, who are yous? He said, they don't serve, they don't give, they don't do anything, they just take. And then they want me one time to come in and remove death, but they don't have any power and authority to remove death. The only reason you came out is by the authority of the believer. And most people there sit soaked and sour, and they just sit there and don't do anything. And then you need something real big, but death doesn't listen to you because you don't have the authority. You haven't been in a fight, and you haven't done anything. And so you got to realize that part of your growth is going to be part of how long you're going to live because the devil would love to shut you up and shut me up right now. But, that, but you got to have that authority to be able to speak that thing away. And that means you're going to have to grow. There's going to be a time in your life where, you know what, you can handle some things, but some of these things you're going to deal with that the Bible talks about, you're going to need a supernatural touch in your life and power of God where you've been through some fights, you've got some cuts on you, you've got some wounds, but you've got a chest full of medals like a general that you can command the devil, get out of the way and come to life. Come on, somebody praise the Lord. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. All right, all right, all right. No. And let, let me throw this in, throw this in. I'm going to pray for you. Throw this in. I don't tell this much, but I, 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 told, I told our president yesterday, I said, I got to say this. Um, and there's so much more I, I wish I could tell you that is just, um, it, it's beyond me. Me standing here talking to you is, is amazing to me. It, it, it is. Um, I would go into a hopeless, dark place because that's not all that happened. After that, my mom dies. After that, I try to save a lady on the interstate, and she dies as my hand is holding her ankle. She dies. Around the world, friends that I have, Instagram, every day I get something. Pray for so-and-so, they're dying. Death was constantly, after it was over, that spirit of death was so upset that I didn't die and he couldn't kill me. He just, he, he, so I would go into a dark place. This is for somebody here, a hopeless place. I do understand suicide. I understand how somebody can do it now. Couldn't understand it so much before. And I had friends that have committed suicide, but I didn't understand it before of going into that dark, hopeless place. And you can call it depression. You can call it whatever you want to call it. Um, but I would go there where nothing mattered. And if I didn't have a support system, like my, my, uh, my, my wife, Let's just say we're in fights and, oh, I'm in a divorce and my kids hate me and stuff like this. And then I get into that place. Two or three seconds, you could kill yourself. You could do that. But you got to remember that spirit will pass a spirit. That's not who you are. That spirit will pass when you realize how much and how many people love you, how many people care about you, and the effect it would be on other people if you did something like that. So I'm telling you today that whatever spirit that's on, that's the spirit of death. You can rebuke the spirit of death. And there's things in threes in the Bible. Uh, uh, plant, water, harvest. Doesn't it? It's in threes. You can't change the order of it. Uh, you can't change the order. Death, hell, and the grave. Deal with the first one. You got to deal with death. You got to deal with death first. 
And so some of you here, I want you to understand, it could be, it could be something uh, 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 medically, it could be something out of balance, chemical imbalance in your life, or whatever, because that's what happened to me. My, 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 my body got in such a chemical imbalance where I could just go and just not care about anything and care about myself. Now I'm not there. It was just the devil just trying to do what he can. And I'm telling you, you don't have to be there. Bow your heads all over. I got I to gotta stop. Bow your heads. All over the building here, I'm not going to call out different areas of cancer and heart disease or anything like that. But if you're dealing with something, dealing with arthritis, my daughter has dealt with arthritis. I've dealt with cancer. I've dealt with pneumonia. I've got valley fever right now that could possibly kill me. The devil wants to kill me with that. But you have something that you need a miracle for. I want you to come out of your seat and come stand down here real quick. Real quick, because I know we got class in a minute here. Come on down. Come, come.